What's up, everybody, and welcome to What the Fun Cast, episode 61. Very long awaited. We've been slacking. We'll get into that soon. Recording and released today, Saturday, 10 12, because, oh, October 12th, sorry, 10 12. October 12th, 2019. I'm one of your hosts, Paul. I'm Ahmed. We're back. We're back in action. Men in Black. Truly are. It has been a wild past two weeks. Boys are back in town. <laughs> it really has it's, been. We've when done you, a like, lot. look back at it all, I'm like, I'm tired just reading it. I'm tired just living right now. <laughs> I woke up at one today and I was like, all right, I'm rested now. Anyways, that's what I figured. Uh, You're a mess. I, that's fine. Listen, sometimes you just need to log the fuck off for 14 hours. <laughs> I slept for, well, whatever. I slept until nine. I went to bed at like 12. So that's it's still a good nine hours. I don't know. It's good That's rest. fine. That's a lot for me. It's self-care. You know that. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's not waste any time. Let's jump right into it. Let's talk about what we've been doing. I'll kick it off with what we've both been doing. We went to the Overwatch Grand Finals, and that was, what, two Sundays ago? It was two Sundays ago. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. So we it went, uh, not really knowing what to expect, and we had a lot of fun. It was cool. We saw Zed. He performed like a 10-minute set, but Literally. still, it was good. We he saw was him like, in person, he played like, like three songs, and he was like, okay, goodbye. I mean, it's fine. And then it is, it we is. saw him like during halftime or whatever. He was like out on the concourse. And we're like, can we get a picture? And he's like, I'm being carted away. I'm sorry. And we're like, it's fine. No, oh, it was great. I love that. It's all good. I love that for me. Right? So close, yet so far. That's okay. fine. But then we also went to Comic-Con. New York yes, Comic-Con, of course. New York Comic-Con. We went, we went and uh, I went for three days. Ahmed went for four days. Very exhausting, um, very fun. It, it is very exhausting, but it was a lot of fun. So we saw uh, a couple panels, played some games. So we went to, a, they, there was a Disney Parks panel that was absolute garbage. <laughs> but it there, the one good thing that it showed right at the end was uh, it showed a new look at the ride concept of, the, or sorry, the, the concept of the seat that they're going to be using for the Avengers ride. So that looked pretty cool. It almost yeah. looked like a little, uh, I forgot what it, you know what it was? And you're, you're going to be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. But. <laughs> In Pilot Wings, which is a Nintendo-made game where you yes. literally like fly planes and stuff, there's one thing where you sit on this thing and it just has like a little propeller. It's like a jetpack almost, and it like takes you up. That's what that seat looked like. I mean, Anyways. sure, I genuinely exactly. don't know what you're talking exactly. about. Exactly, Pilot Wings, but that is exactly. what the concept looked. It was like a little like seat jetpack. So it's yes. like think Soren, but individual seats somehow, I don't which know. sounds just like Pandora or right. uh, Flight of Passage. Maybe, yeah. Could be. Let's see. Pilot Wings Jetpack. I don't know. You. It sounds like, or from the concept they were showing us, it was like you start off all together in like a Quinjet, but then you like evacuate. So like you all separate. So I don't know how that mechanic's going to work. Mm, yeah, I don't know. know. Who knows? Anyways, I'm like half lying because it's not the jetpack. It's this other thing. Wow. Which the seat doesn't look like what I thought it was. So anyways, throw what I said into the garbage can. I'm a fake fan. We have a liar and a scammer. A you know what's funny? I just threw away that piece of paper that when we were playing Dutch Blitz, you put like a whole <laughs> dissertation. Like Paul, uh, Paul Kanya is a liar, a cheat, and a scam, and like whatever. And Lauren's like, is this garbage? I was like, yes, it's absolutely garbage. And so is Ahmed. <laughs> wow. Thanks. Appreciate it. But yeah, so that was the only panel that I went to, kind of light on panels this year. I missed out on Practical Jokers, and I didn't go on Sunday, so I missed the Disney Princess thing. So did you end up going to that Disney Princess thing or no? Uh, no, no. I, think I make it. I didn't make it early. No, you enough. didn't make it in time. It was, it was like at ten thirty or eleven o'clock. So by the yeah. time we left, you were, yeah. 
But you went to the Grudge and yes. you went to Big Mouth, so you can talk all about that because I don't really know anything about that. Yeah, I'm gonna so, look up the Grudge while you're doing that. So obviously, the Grudge was from like the early 2000s, and um, part of like the J horror wave. So like the Ring and all that fun stuff. Um, so they're rebooting the Grudge, and it's gonna be R-rated this time because the original was PG-13. Um, and we saw a first look at it, like no one had ever seen the footage yet. It had just been cut together, um, and it looks really good. I don't know. Um, some of the acting looked a little bit awkward, but who knows how it'll actually play off, like in the context of the movie. Um, but I thought it looked pretty scary. Um, and it was funny because one of the like when they did the Q and A, there was a girl that was like cosplaying as the Grudge, and they made her go up on stage and like do the creepy like walk or whatever. So that was funny. And then Big Mouth, we saw the season three uh, first episode, and then it promptly came out on Netflix like the next day. So it wasn't like we got a super early <laughs> screening anyway. But um, it looked ridiculous. I don't know. We didn't even see the first episode, actually. We saw like the third episode of the season. I don't know. It was very interesting and very weird. Um, but it was very like, I don't know if they sped the episode up when we were watching it. I haven't watched it on Netflix yet. But like, it just was so rapid fire. Like, you have no time to react before they're like, dumping another joke or another gag or something it's very wild um yeah that was that looks interesting i've seen the first two episodes now and it was i don't know it's fun it's big mouth it's exactly what you expect so yeah that's fine so going back to the grudge the grudge came out the original grudge came out in 2004 yeah and this is a reboot 15 years later yes Mm, anyways, okay. Because the original one wasn't that well received. I don't think. Like, I critically. saw there was three of them. There's three of them on the on IMDb. I mean, I'm sure they made a lot of money, but they weren't like good movies. Well, yeah, no, no, no. Like, Sorry, I'm not fine. saying that they're good movies, but yeah, yeah. you figure like from the time that the Grudge Three came out. Let me see. I mean, I, mean, I don't know. We've had two Spider Men, <laughs> two separate Spider Men since the original Spider Man trilogy in like the year 2000. So. so, yeah, The Grudge 1, 2004, Grudge 2, 2006, Grudge 3, 2009. So, I don't even remember The Grudge 3 happening. So I don't remember The Grudge 1. Yeah, they were never like well-received. The Ring was the much better franchise, even though only the first one was good. The second one was kind of crap. And they mm. also rebooted that one recently, and it was garbage. So who knows? From what we've seen, it looks good. We'll see how it actually They reboot fares. The Ring? Yeah, a while ago. It was like two, three years ago. It wasn't good. Mm, anyways, I, I never know. actually saw it. These it was, horror movies are all like you just drop them all together. I don't know; they're all just one big blob. It's fine. What is the name of that movie? Is it The Blob? There's a movie that like The Blob. I don't Maybe. know. I'm sure there's a movie called The Blob. <laughs> I don't know. There's there's like I I was actually legitimately afraid of it as a kid. It was like <laughs> this sludge that like came through the uh, through it the came through the town. Yes, it is called The Blob. <laughs> Let's watch Look it. at this. Look at this poster. Oh, my God. I it hate says, this. It eats you alive. <laughs> Ew. Just we this red it. blob coming Ooh, after great. everyone. I'm down to watch this. It's if from 1958. Can... Terror has no shape. <laughs> this is like the same era of movie. It's look like... at it. Coming through the freaking elevator. Yes. He said hello. We should watch it. All right. The blob. I'm down. Coming at you from 1958. Indescribable indestructible nothing can stop it <laughs> oh no it was released on the criterion collection that's a mess perfect it'll be available free somewhere um yeah, sure those are the only panels i did additionally we also got to play some games at comic-con yes um, we did so we got a first look kind of demo at marvel's avengers by square enix 
um, which is basically we just got to play through the same trailer that we've already seen where it's the whole like San Francisco Golden Gate Bridge scene sequence whatever so it's on a day a day that's what it is it's like Avengers day they're opening a new Avengers headquarters in San Francisco um, so we got to play as all four or five Thor Hulk Captain America Iron Man Black Widow five um, characters some were better than others I don't know I didn't like playing as Iron Man as much it was very hard to aim and shoot Whereas like Thor and Hulk were a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, thought. yeah. So I liked I liked Thor a lot. Uh, Hulk was pretty fun. The whole like running up on the side of the wall maneuver is kind of interesting. It was very, it was a little janky, but it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> Captain America. I think they got his shield swing down perfectly. Like the animation, yeah. at least. Yep. Like they really got that down. Um, Black Widow was really annoying. Kind of fun to play, but the boss battle that you have to play with her, it's like. It's very frustrating. Yeah, there was, like, no context, and you're, like, you have to guess what to do. Like, I didn't realize what I had to do until, like, two minutes in. And I'm like, oh, I guess I have to go up and punch this dude as opposed to trying to shoot. It was very weird. Um, But, yeah, Iron Man was janky, though. Yeah, he was very difficult to play. Um, But then it was also revealed that uh, Miss Marvel will be a playable character. So it was confirmed that the voice that you hear in the trailer that's, like, talking about the destruction or whatever is Kamala Khan. Um, and that Miss Marvel will be the sixth playable character in the game. So that's exciting. Apparently, in yeah. the story of the game, she gets her powers from the big like explosion or whatever. Correct. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. So. So. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, from her I comic thoroughly book. enjoyed this game. I heard so much bad press about it and kind of thought that it was going to be pretty crappy. But if you go in just expecting a fun game, it definitely was a fun game. Yeah. It's different. It's like a. I don't know how to describe it. It's, I wouldn't say it's like the game that Marvel Ultimate Alliance should have been or something, because it's very different. I mean, it is a beat-em-up, but it's not the same kind of perspective. Um, it's more like I don't think this is meant to be game. a beat-em-up, though. This is meant to be more of like a hack-and-slash, like a Destiny hack-and-slash almost. Yeah. Rather yeah. than... So I guess it is like Destiny. I know we were asked that recently. So yeah. it's, you know, where it's... Um, where they have uh, like mission based Marvel Ultimate Alliance was always a beat em up. It always has been a beat em up. Yeah. It's been just yeah. Marvel Ultimate Alliance three was just I don't know very repetitive. But so were the first two. So if you went in expecting something not repetitive, then it's probably our our fault. Yeah, shame on us. Yeah, it's fine. But then you it's got terrible. to play. Um, speaking of Iron Man being janky, you got to play Iron Man VR for PSVR. I didn't. Yeah, I would have died. So please tell us about yes. your experience. Um. So it is really, really cool. So the guy was like, oh, well, you know how to play with, like, PlayStation Move controllers, right? You, like, hold them. Like, the way he told me to hold them was, like, if you were holding a bar. Like, if there was a pole and you're holding onto that pole straight up and down, Mm -hmm. he's like, oh, that's how you're supposed to hold the Move controllers. I'm like, "Mm, I don't know about that. Usually, like, I tilt them down and I aim them towards the screen or just hold them however I want. Yeah. So he's like, okay, palms out. And I'm like, okay, like, that's kind of stupid but okay but then you get used to it and like you you have like you hold up obviously it's tracking your move controllers so you hold up and you do uh your pulser stuff and then you have like he's like oh like you know like how naruto runs and i'm like yeah i know how naruto (laughs) runs he's like go like that and that's how you move forward so you actually like fly and then if you want to like lower yourself you literally put your hands up and you lower yourself because it's your thrusters right so your thrusters are going up if you want to uh raise yourself up you just point them to the ground um but it's all based on your your palms so so i'm playing i'm like this is really cool so he's like okay so like he goes to like a practice thing and then it shows you how to like melee so you like hold down a button and, and punch or whatever so you melee 
So then he's like, okay, so then there's like a target thing you have to do. So he's like, okay, so push triangle to like change your view around. So like to, you know how some VR games have this thing where it's almost like a jump. Yeah. So it like. Like a teleport like or whatever. Shoot, yeah, but it almost like turns your view 90 degrees to the right. Oh. So you keep like, yes. like turning. Yeah. So he's like, just do that. And I'm like, this guy doesn't know me. I play this all the time. So I like turned around and like tried to fly and I got very disoriented very quickly. Oh, and for, I was instead like, of like using the turn around button, yes. you physically turned around? Yeah. So I physically turned around and then I used the turn around button to try to get back into, into space and I like into my like little area kind of thing, like to get reoriented. And my body was like, no. <laughs> so <laughs> I was, uh, I was big dead. So... Yeah, I mean, it was a ton of fun, but once you learn how to use the triangle button, you're okay. But if you don't and you try to be, you literally try to be a superhero, then you're going to have a bad time. So listen to the PlayStation Move person. He knows what he's doing. Or whatever, PSVR guy. Yeah. So, yeah, but overall, it was a lot of fun. Is it, you know, it's, it, they just released um, the release day, I believe it's February 21st, 2020, and it's going to sell for, I believe, $40. Fact checking myself here Iron Man VR. Because they announced um, the release date soon after, uh, soon after they, uh, soon after Comic Con, actually, February twenty first, twenty twenty, thirty nine ninety nine. Yeah, that's a no for me. I'm good, unless you have like a fan blowing directly at my face and like a bucket of ginger ale. <laughs> a bucket of ginger ale, a whole like, bucket, a whole bucket. Yeah, so it was fun, but yeah, definitely. I don't know. I think it's just going to be like a lot of target practice is going to be the game. So once again, this is one of those things where it's more of an experience and less of a game. Yeah. So we'll see though. Kind of like a Lynx crossbow training kind of thing (laughs) is what it seems like to me. That's that's a good way to put it. Remember Lynx crossbow training? I do. I never bought it, but I always wanted to. And then I'm glad I didn't. With the Wii Zapper? Mm Mm-hmm. It's funny because there's all these screenshots on Amazon, and in, like in the little corner, like they look good, but they don't look like amazing. Then in the corner, it's like captured from PS4 Pro. Yeah, I don't know. When you're like, even if it's in PS4 Pro, the resolution of the PSVR is not that great anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, I don't know. No, um, it's not. It's not good. So maybe it looks good on the TV screen <laughs> for yeah. people watching you. Yeah, so, I don't know. Whatever, so we'll see. It'll be on vacation, or vacation, oh my god, on sale. <laughs> Where the hell did I get vacation from? <laughs> That's not even a little bit related. It'll be on vacation, I was like, of soon it'll be on vacation. Like, did I read vacation? <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, anyways, time to go on vacation. I, don't, I, have nothing, I have nothing good to say to that, because I literally trying to read the developer's name. It looks like camouflage, which is nothing like vacation, so I don't know what the hell is in my head. <laughs> going crazy it's time for a break anyways it's time to move into what else we've been doing for the week yes so so that's our excuse for why we haven't had an episode for the past two weekends because grand finals birthdays comic con yes we did karaoke as well for your birthday we did karaoke for my birthday we did a little game night for your birthday it was good time good times good times good times were had all right so uh what have you been doing you can go first because my list is pretty short oh my list is kind of long huh um so Two nights ago, Thursday night, I did this thing called Blackout, and it was oh, so. God. It's like it was their ten year anniversary. They've been around for a while. Sometimes they're in New York. Sometimes they're in L.A. Sometimes they're they come to your house. Um, it's like what <laughs> you can sign up and literally they'll come to your house. Anyways. Anyway, it's like a 
it's so it's an it's a immersive theater experience i guess is the best way to put it because it's not like your standard haunted house where there's like a guy with a chainsaw chasing you out and like people jumping at you it, it tries to prey on your like more like psychological fears like fear of being kidnapped fear of being assaulted i don't know like fear of the dark fear of claustrophobia or fear of claustrophobia that's redundant just claustrophobia um so every year i like wanted to go and every year i psych myself out because you have to like go in alone and like they can touch you and it's really aggressive so i'm like you know what this year i'm gonna do it so i bought a ticket i went did it this thursday survived um wouldn't never do it again though because it's definitely not for me uh it was very awkward it was like a 25 minute experience and you obviously you go in alone so a lot of it was just me standing there like awkwardly looking at these actors doing their thing and not knowing how to react because it's very like I don't know, like, how do you react when someone's, like, screaming at you or, like, whispering in your ear? Like, they tell you, like, don't talk unless, like, spoken to or unless, like, they ask you a question, you have to respond. Like, don't move, like, do exactly as you're instructed, blah, blah, blah. So, like, I'm just standing there. I don't know. It's very awkward. Like, at one point, I had, like, a garbage bag shoved over my head and they were, like, dragging me around the room and, like, pretending to, like, staple me to the wall. Um, I don't know. Like, very weird situations. It, I was never, I don't know, I guess more of the fear that I had was just, like, not knowing what was going to happen next, because a lot of the, if a lot of it is, like, anticipation. Like, you just stand there and wait for something to happen. So, that was really the scary part for me, but, like, the actual situations that they put me through weren't scary, it was just awkward. So, would never do that again, but, yeah. I can honestly say I would never do that ever, ever, <laughs> ever, ever, ever. I wouldn't blame you. It's not for everybody. I thought... I don't know. I was like, I love horror movies. This will be fun to be in my own horror movie. It wasn't like a horror movie at all. And I said, what if I died in real life? It'll be just like a movie, but real life. <laughs> I'll stick to my regularly scheduled skeletons and goblins, werewolves, vampires, all the fun stuff. What That's do you come into interaction with goblins and werewolves, Ahmed? In regular haunted houses. Like the Brighton Asylum. Well, how would That's you describe a, a goblin? <laughs> I don't know. Like those little... The ones that are, like, standing on pedestals outside of uh, haunted houses on the gates. I should take a picture of you so we can use that as the thumbnail. <laughs> Stop. Shoulders up. Yeah, like, the they're, like, crouching and they have, like, the wings. Those are gargoyles. You say gargoyles and goblins. Anyway, I don't know. Goblin. Think, like, Gollum or something. Or what's his face? Dobby? Dobby? He's not a goblin. He's he a could, precious little elf. He's a goblin. Oh, I guess he's an elf, technically. But, like, I feel like... He of course, fall. I type goblin and I get anime. Get out of here. <laughs> here, look, there's a anime. goblin. Yeah, that's what I'm th Those are the things that are crouching outside. I feel like garb garblins. <laughs> goblins. Garblins! <laughs> goblins and gargoyles Gar are very similar. Hold on. Gar I feel like Gargobles. Gargoyables. There's, there's, hold on. Goblin versus gargoyle. Okay. Gargoyles this doesn't have help. wings. Goblins don't. Ready? Oh, wait. What about ghouls? Okay, hold on. A ghoul. Is a malevolent something. Sure. <laughs> goblin is a grotesque a grotesque sprite or elf. See? Dobby's a goblin. Confirmed. I mean he's not grotesque, I guess, but whatever. Moving on. Happy <laughs> Halloween, everyone. It's October twelfth. Christmas right around the corner. So what else have you done besides your blackout? Wait, how much did you pay for this again? It was forty five dollars. I guess it's not that bad, bad to experience it. I yeah. could see them charging like 150 for something like that. Just, you know. No. 
Well, if I had gone later at night, it was 60. So I did like the early bird ticket. I went like the 7.30 time slot and it was 45. So I was like, perfect. That's more sun than enough. Up. Ahmed's like, sun's up. Ghouls are not <laughs> up. The sun was not up. It was dark by the time I got there. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I also played a little bit of Blair Witch, which I didn't get to any spooky parts just yet. But it's a lot more like, oh, I just knocked my mic. It's a lot more of like a... Um, story-oriented game that I thought it would be. I thought it would just, like, dump you in a forest and, like, suddenly you're haunted. But it's like, oh, there's a missing child. Suddenly you're haunted? (laughs) I don't know. I was, like, playing, and I'm like, oh, this is gonna be, like, a whole thing that I have to sit through with, like, an intro, and this, like, man's trying to find this lost kid with, like, a search party, and he has a dog, and it's, like, a whole... And he has a dog. It's too much. But... I don't know. One, I'll I'll play through it a little more more later. But so I didn't get to any spooks just yet. I haven't met the Blair Witch, um, but I did beat Untitled Goose Game completely unrelated. Yes, um, don't spoil it. I haven't haven't finished it yet. There's no there's nothing to spoil. <laughs> don't the spoil goose it. Is on the loose. He is. He's on the loose. Stop flossing, everyone. Paul has a strange addiction to flossing. <laughs> I have a shrimp in my mouth. Mm-hmm. A lie. Anyway, so okay. So truth be told, I had these cavities filled, and like food gets stuck there every time. And I went to the dentist, and I was like, "Listen, you fix these cavities, but now I get food stuck there all the time." And I, yeah, that's normal. Um, Yeah, the cavity filling has to settle. It'll settle eventually. But then they'll stab my gums and be like, "Um, you're bleeding. You really need to floss more." (laughs) Anyway, Paul is now addicted to flossing and has the cleanest teeth known to mankind. Good. Beat Untitled Goose Game, and I thought I was over, but then they're like, here's all these more, like, crazy tasks. Um, but totally unrelated, I saw a post on Tumblr, well, I guess not unrelated, a little bit related. I saw a post on Tumblr that was like... You um, still go on Tumblr? Yeah, I remember Tumblr. I don't know, they still have good memes now and then. And there's, like, a whole, like, concept for the goose in Smash, and it's like, the, the B-neutrals, like, honk, and it knocks the character, like, a player over, and, like, stuns them or whatever, so you can, like, attack them. There's, like, a peck attack and, I don't know, all these fun things. Um, so, Goose and Smash People 2020. People are losing their minds over this Goose game. It's a good game. It's a good I time. I agree, it is. Um, oh, yeah, back to Halloween stuff. I subscribe to Shudder, which is, like, Netflix for exclusively horror movies and horror TV shows. So, I've been watching some spooky movies because I do these, like, Terror Tuesday movie nights. Um, at my apartment and I invite a bunch of friends over and it's been pretty good so far watching a bunch of horror movies that I've never seen before Um, but I also started watching this show called Channel Zero which was originally a sci-fi original Um, and each season is its own it's like an anthology series each season is its own um, story based off a creepypasta like one of those best you've never heard of creepypasta the look you just gave me I feel like I have but what the hell is it it comes from copypasta so like stories that are copy pasted but creepypasta so exclusively horror stories um, so each season is based off like a different like little horror story that's written um, online. So so far it's really really good. Um, watching it before going to sleep has been a mistake. There's like this one monster. It's made out of teeth. It's not right. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> it's literally just like imagine a bunch of teeth like stacked up together walking. It's not Christian. Anyways, so wait, his feet are teeth? Yes, his whole body is teeth. The whole thing is literally just teeth. Look up it, teeth. Monster. Is his gender teeth? I don't know. Look it up. Literally look up Teeth Monster. It's just okay. teeth. I will after I'm done flossing my teeth. <laughs> I gotta have clean teeth when I go in to look at this Teeth Monster. Or the teeth. Um, and then, yeah, I've been watching Letterkenny. Bob's Burgers and The Good Place are back. Very exciting. Letterkenny's hilarious. Letterkenny has seven seasons right now? Yeah, this is the last season is the seventh season? The last season is the eighth season? 
Um, but yeah, each season's only like six or seven episodes, so it's not uh, very long. Uh, okay. Um, but yeah, it's ridiculous, and I don't know. It's hilarious. I find it hilarious. But that is about it. That's all I've been doing for the past three weeks. That's all you've been doing? That's okay. all. Just those things. All I've been doing besides that is um, I played some more Goose Game a little bit. I got past the level that I was stuck on, and now I'm on... Uh, I don't remember what I'm on. I'm on something. I've been playing Link's Awakening. I've been trying to beat Link's Awakening because I keep hearing that like the ending is really good or that there's some part in the game that's really good, so I'm afraid I'm going to get spoiled, so I, I've been trying to play through it. I'm I feel like, like there's not as much hubbub around that game for you to get spoiled on it. No, no, I don't think there is either. I agree with you there, but I don't know. It's it's a lot of fun. I like it a lot, but you can tell it used to be like a Game Boy game because the dungeons are pretty short and straightforward. Mm. And yeah, it's just, yeah, it, it's good. I wouldn't say it's amazing. It's not Breath of the Wild, but it's still really good. I mean, obviously it's not Breath of the Wild. How does it relate yeah. to Link to the Past, though? Um... Link to the pa- there's just like no measuring up to Link to the Past because Link to the Past is one of those like golden era or golden games of the 16-bit era. I don't know. I have a special love for Link to the Past, but compared to like I don't know Link Between Worlds, which was the follow-up to on uh, on uh, 3DS, like I feel like Link Between Worlds is still better. Um, so this is probably like the lesser of the 2D Zelda games, but it's not bad. It's still good. It's um, it's fun. It's really fun. The art style is really cool. Seeing different characters in that art style is really cool. So definitely play it. Don't don't sit back and not play it. I own it. But I will play it eventually, just not during Halloween month. I have to oh only play gosh. spooky games and only consume spooky content. I hate you so much. I'm going to take that I hate me and too. take that clip and make it, <laughs> I don't know, something. So what oh, we, we did do, though, last night after Ahmed said, I'm too tired to record, <laughs> we did watch El Camino, which is the Breaking Bad movie. Um, because there's a lot of hype around that, and it was good. It was good, but after consuming, and obviously you don't, you haven't watched Breaking Bad, so you don't understand this 100%. But after consuming so much Breaking Bad and going through like a full season where you have so much time for character development and stuff like that, it did feel a little rushed because it's pretty much just like everything that happens after and like trauma and stuff like that. And I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to spoil anything for anybody because I think it's definitely worth a watch. But I wouldn't go back and watch it again. Like, I've rewatched some episodes of Breaking Bad, which is a lot for me because I hate rewatching stuff. Um, but yeah, this isn't something I'd go back and rewatch. But it was good. It was a fun watch. It almost felt like these, it could have been made into two episodes that took place after what was the series finale, um, which I guess that's exactly what it is. It's just being marketed as a, as a quote unquote movie. Yeah. So it feels like it's it does I guess I'm assuming it ties up loose ends from the series finale. Not really. It just it literally or picks just... up from where the series finale left off. Like the series finale does give a lot of closure, but mm. it's like you have people that are like moving on past events that have happened in the series finale. So it's like, well, where do they go from here kind of thing? Gotcha, gotcha. And it answers some of that, but then just gives some of those characters more closure. So it's not necessary definitely welcome and enjoyable um but and then we'll get into it but robert forster died and he is in the he's in the movie yeah and plays a pretty considerable role do you want to segue into our hot tops officially from here we will we will segue right into the hot tops uh the entertainment and disney hot tops um so yeah uh, this one comes from ign so robert forster of jackie brown and breaking bad dies uh he was 78 years old he died uh yesterday 
So the same day that the movie came out. So that's officially his last movie. Um, But, yeah, so pretty sad. Um, But he was an Oscar nominee. Uh, He earned the Oscar nominee for uh, his performance as Max Cherry in Quentin Tarantino's Jackie Brown. Uh, He was born on July 13th, 1941. Uh, So on and so forth. There's a whole bunch of stuff here. But, yeah, so very sad. Um, I don't know. It's it's just very sad. Especially because he has a fairly large part. Uh, yeah, I'd say a fairly large part in the movie. So, well, at least he, he got uh, to see its release. Yes, yes. So, and then I did put in a little game here that we're gonna play. So, <laughs> I put down the movie reviews for you know the week or the time, and uh, this comes from Metacritic. So we're gonna play a game of Med. Okay. Can you guess these scores? So we have four movies on the list, starting with The Adams Family. What do you think the Metacritic score is for The Adams Family right now? 54. Close. So actually very close. 45. Oh, Which okay. is 54 backwards. <laughs> just reverse so, okay, so okay. I figured it was like very middle of the road. So good guess. So I guess I should pull up little blurbs about these movies as we're, we're uh, reading the reviews. <laughs> I'm the worst podcast Everyone knows the Adams Family. We know. Uh, uh-oh. Hello. There's an advertisement coming through my ears. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I know that Oscar Isaac plays gomez adams that's about it that's I all need, i know like i need like a quick here we go uh who should we go from let's look at the verge unfortunately the adams family is so bland unfunny and poorly structured that even the best intentions can't elevate it damn okay it has uh, a really high audience score on rotten tomatoes well not really so it's like 60s okay so ign rated it an 80 frighteningly funny and fr- well we know that they can't rate movies too frighteningly <laughs> funny and fresh this hilarious animated treat will introduce a whole new generation to loving and strange family whilst also pleasing those who grew up with the iconic 90s movies that's literally the exact opposite of what the verge just said <laughs> with a sweet story tight runtime and impressive animation this is the perfect halloween treat for film fans young and old i'll probably go watch it. anyways you and your goddamn spooky content so yeah you're gonna go watch <laughs> bad movies just to stay on your spooky agenda yes I love the spooky agenda. Uh, I have like a whole okay. list. All right, Ugh. El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie. What do you think it got? 82. 72. You're pretty close Damn. on these numbers. You're okay. just, you know, okay. a little off. Here we go. This should be an easy one. Obviously, El Camino, I spoke about already, so we'll take that as a review. Here's an easy one. Gemini Man. 20. <laughs> a little higher than that. Go ahead. One more guess. Uh, 27. <laughs> 39. Okay. Uh, I let's see. These, these reviews will be fun. Let's see. Let's, uh, iGen gave it a 69, right off of, uh, totally off base as usual. Uh, <laughs> here we go. The Verge. We'll just go back to The Verge. Charles Bromesco. Lee sometimes gives the impression of a virtuoso, vir- virtuoso guitarist, needlessly gussing up his act with double-necked axes and pyrotechnics. When a filmmaker mm. has skills like Lee's, all the bells and whistles just seem to get in the way. God willing, his acoustic days aren't totally behind him. What is what? Is that even the right? <laughs> I understand. Is that even the right words. review? They're talking about Ang Lee. It, no, he's the director. Is he? Does he play guitar in the movie? I don't understand. <laughs> I have what no idea. All about? right, we'll do another one. Uh, the Boston Globe. It's not. It's a not unwatchable retread. Retreat. I don't. I don't know words. Retread. That is. That has been tricked up to pass as a whole new thing. 
The problem with high frame rate productions is that they don't look like what they're what we're used to calling movies. The problem with this one is that there it wasn't much movie there to begin with. Oh, it's in high frame rate too. Yikes! I don't like that. Mm. I don't want to watch it anymore. <laughs> Gemini Man's. You were gonna watch it to begin with? Disgusting. I know. I might have. There's this other movie I didn't include it here, but it came out yesterday called Parasite. That one's been getting a lot of good press. It's uh, a Korean director, and I don't know much else about it besides I've just been hearing very positive things about it. It's I'll like, read, it's I'll read like an the summary movie. for you. Yeah. Meet the Park family, the picture of aspirational wealth, and the Kim family, rich in street smarts, but not much else. Be it chance or fate, these two houses are brought together, and the Kims sense a golden opportunity. Masterminded by college-aged Ki-woo, the Kim children exponentially... Huh? Whatever. I don't know. These words are too big for me. Exponentially, ex- I can't read. Exponentially, densely, install themselves as tutor and art therapist to the parks. Soon, a symbiotic relationship—I hate that word—symbiotic relationship forms between the two families. The Kims provide indispensable luxury services, while the parks obviously bankroll their entire household. When a parasitic interloper threatens the Kims' new, uh, newfound comfort, a savage, underhanded battle for uh, dominance breaks out. Threatening to destroy the fragile ecosystem between the Kims and the Parks. This is very much like an indie movie. It is. But it's been getting very rave reviews, so I think I'll add this to my list of movies to see. What do you think the Metacritic score is? Uh, I don't know. Uh, 87. 95. All right. 95? You're bad at this game. Um, (laughs) I'm I'm pretty close-ish. All right, last one. Joker. 78. 59. Really? Yeah. That's surprising. That's on Metacritic. Of course, Rotten Tomatoes has their own opinions on things, but that's fine. That is surprising. I haven't seen Joker yet, but that's obviously, like, next on the list. Neither have I, and, like, Lauren is, and rightfully so, is kind of, like, afraid to see in the theaters because of all the threats and all the warnings that have gone out, which is pretty shitty in the world that we live in, but that's fine. That's fair. Yeah, no, I'm in no, like, rush to see it, but I do want to see it eventually i am also in no rush to see it um but i've seen a lot of like theories on the whole joker thing like is it really the same joker is it actually a different joker and i'm like whatever this is worth my time i think i've just seen very mixed reviews like some people love it some people are like it was just fine i don't know a lot of people are like oh this uh, the cinematography is excellent but the movie's not good yeah i don't know we'll see so anyways take the next one ahmed you know you want to absolutely guess what on my birthday september 27th friday spider-man is officially back baby um so uh (laughs) comes from variety back baby (laughs) the two companies jointly announced that marvel studios and its president kevin feige will produce the third film in the spider-man homecoming series uh it will once again feature tom holland reprising his role as uh, titular hero titular i don't know how to pronounce that word to be titular yeah sure uh, the rumor mill roared back to life this week with hints that the two companies were close to brokering a new agreement. And then from GameStop, um, Bob Iger apparently... GameSpot. Oh, GameSpot. Sorry. I <laughs> Listen, whatever. GameSpot, not GameStop. Um, Disney CEO Bob Iger recently appeared on the Jimmy Kimmel Live show to promote his new book and re- uh, reveal precisely how Tim... Ho- Tim. Wow, I can't read, huh? Tom Holland, who plays the world's favorite web slinger, had a crucial role in bringing Spidey back to the MCU. It all started at Disney's D23 convention when Holland appeared to promote the upcoming animated film Onward and thanked MCU fans for supporting him as Spider-Man. 
After that, Holland sprung into action. Uh, quote, after D23, Tom reached out to the folks that work for me and said, can I please have Bob's email address or phone number? Uh, Iger said during his Kimmel interview. Uh, after getting the CEO's phone number, he made a call. It was clear that he cared so much and we care a lot about him. And he's the great, uh, great Spider-Man, isn't he? So after I got off the phone with him, I made a couple of phone calls to our team at Disney Studios. Um, he recalled, and then I got, or then I decided to call the head of Sony, and I said, "We've got to figure out a way to get this done for Tom and for the fans," and we did. So happy days, Spider-Man's back. Uh, I don't know the exact details of the new uh, deal. I want to say it was something like Disney gets like thirty percent or something like that. Like it's not half and half, but it's uh, a little bit higher than what the deal was before, but not you know as crazy high as they wanted to go. So yeah, I'm at the point where I don't even care. It's. Uh, I'm just happy he's back. Yeah, I'm glad it's over. It's very interesting because Tom Holland's call was probably like, please don't let me go back to Sony. Please, <laughs> Mr. Iger, please. Mr. Iger, please. I don't want to go. Oh, my God, please. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, this is great news. So then there was also rumor just the other day, actually. I think it was this morning. I was looking in my inbox, and I get like a – from inside the magic, I get like an aggregation of, of news – and they said something like Disney looking to buy back Spider-Man entirely. I heard so, about that's all very rumors. Like yeah. there's a lot of debunking of it as well. So I don't know. We'll see. I don't think yeah. Sony will let their literally most precious property go that easy. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's interesting. So the next one is a a real heater. So <laughs> a real heater. I hate you. The Hollywood Reporter reports Star Wars shocker. Marvel's Kevin Feige developing new movie for Disney. So Kevin Feige uh, is partnering up with Miss Kathleen Kennedy, who's the president of Lucasfilm, to make a new movie. So, uh, like I said, this one comes from the Hollywood Reporter uh, from Miss Kim Masters, uh, who says Lucasfilm's Kathleen Kennedy is quote pursuing a new era in Star Wars storytelling, and knowing what a diehard fan Kevin is, it made sense for these two extraordinary producers to work on a Star Wars film together. Walt Disney Studios co-chairman Alan Horn tells The Hollywood Reporter, To the surprise of no one, Kevin Feige is a huge Star Wars fan. It might surprise many, however, that the Marvel Studios chief is going to be developing a Star Wars movie as Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy makes new plans for a wave of projects set in the universe. The Hollywood Reporter has learned. So, this is cool. Interesting. I, I thought that they were going to kind of take a break from Star Wars movies for a little while. No, they're not. But yeah. They're never going to. So now the Galaxy's Edge is there, they're going to milk the hell out of every movie and do whatever it takes to get people to go to the parks. I don't know, they learned their lesson from Solo. Remember when they canceled the Boba Fett or whatever? What was it supposed to be? There's like a third random Star Wars story that was canceled. Wasn't it? Wasn't, weren't they, uh, was it Boba Fett or weren't they talking about an Obi-Wan movie? Obi-Wan, sorry. But now that's a Disney Plus thing. Yeah, so. so it's all bun- a bunch of bullshittery. It's all hoopla. I saw. Speaking of Star Wars, real quick, I saw some article. Speaking of hoopla, (laughs) it is. I saw some articles like the the new Star Wars trilogy is worse than the prequels, and was like, okay. And I like predicted exactly what the the dude that wrote the article was, and it was exactly what you're picturing in your mind. And he was he went on to talk about how like, well, the prequels made risks. The the new sequels are just uh, begging for nostalgia, and I'm like. What are you talking about? Literally, everyone hated the risks that took... I mean, not literally. I didn't hate them. The risks that Last Jedi took. Like, you can't please these old-school Star Wars fans. It's like, if you stray too far from the status quo, they're like, oh, you're destroying Star Wars. And then if you do the same thing, like, oh, this is the same movie as A New Hope. 
Anyways. Star Wars fans are the worst. They're worse than any truly, other fans. Maybe not, but truly are. Anytime um, I hear discourse about the Last Jedi, I immediately run the other run the other direction. I was in line for Frozen, the ride, and Epcot one time, and the man behind me was like, the "Last Jedi was a really terrible movie." I, don't, blah, blah. I was like, "Oh my god!" I put in headphones. So, anyways, <laughs> speaking of Disney World, the Skyliner, and, and the Skyliner is a disaster. Sky disaster. <laughs> Disaster in the sky. Disney's Skyliner breaks down, leaves millions stranded for millions. hours. It was like, okay, it was probably hundreds, because like the entire system stopped. Um, oh dang! Well, yeah, because like when one part of it, it's one continuous line, so one part of no, it. No, crashes. no, no, yeah, yeah, no. So I clicked on the tweet in this article, and someone said, "What happened with this new ride?" Feeling sorry for the people still trapped, and then the son said, "Hi, can we use your pictures with, with credit?" Thank you. Someone said, and the, the original post said yes. Someone goes, the Sun are a scummy, lowest of the low UK newspaper. Please don't let them use your photo. They really and are, then, though. It's like TMZ. Yeah. So, anyways, yes, this comes from uh, pretty much the entire internet, but this article specifically comes from Tom Bricker, who I follow on Twitter, from Disney Tourist Blog. Um, so... Long story short, uh, I'll read the first little bit here. Last night at Walt Disney World, there was an accidental collision at one of the Disney Skyliner stations, causing the Epcot line to close. Uh, thereafter, uh, Reedy, Creek, bleh, Reedy Creek Fire Department evacuated guests on that line via lifts over the course of a few hours. In this post, take a look at what happened and our commentary about the future impact of this incident. So, long story short, without drawing this out too much, um, yeah, the two... Um, Oh, actually, I'll just read the next part here that you linked here. Sorry, I didn't yeah. see that. Sometime okay. between 8 p.m. and 9 p.m. at the, Rivi- uh, the Rivera, Riviera and Caribbean Beach Skyliner Station, the aqua-colored gondola cabin did not attach the cable. Gondola? To- gondola? Gondola. It's definitely gondola. Uh, <laughs> cabin did not attach the cable to dispatch from the station en route to Epcot. The gondola cabins <laughs> behind it slowly crashed against it. The crushing of the vehicles caused the glass to shatter on the impacted vehicle and several of the yellow cabins behind it to be damaged. Consequently, the Epcot line went down for several hours, necessitating an evacuation by Reedy Creek Fire Department. This process was done via lift on a cabin-by-cabin basis and reportedly took until after 11 p.m. to complete. Some guests report being stuck for as long as three hours, and the entire Skyliner system remains closed today. So this is a mess. I heard that they had... The uh, the company that they paid to make the gondola system there, mm. obviously, to troubleshoot and figure out what the hell happened. Um, I don't know if it's back open yet. I don't think it is. It's not. It's definitely going to be down for quite a while because that's ridiculous. It doesn't attach to the cable and just stand. Like, there's no emergency stop that anyone could have pushed. I don't know. It seems like a disaster. Um, but luckily, anyone that was uh, trapped on the gondolas got... Uh, each person got a $100 gift card, two park tickets, and taxi vouchers. Uh, hold on a second. That was if they asked a Disney employee for it. Oh, if, really? Yeah. If they didn't they, ask, they just didn't get anything? They're like, sorry. Yes. Like, oh, that, was, that was one of the articles that we that we read where um, they were saying that you had to, like, seek out a cast member or someone and be like, hey, like, this isn't okay. I was one of the people that was stuck. And then they were like, oh, yeah, well, you know, here, whatever. Right. Go, go to customer service, whatever. Um, yeah, so as of three minutes ago, the Skyliner is operating without passenger without passengers. Oh, so it's like testing. Yeah. Interesting. Oh That's my gosh, crazy. there's all this all these memes. I wonder how cause they don't have air conditioning in them, so like I mean, luckily this happened at night, but like what if this happened during the day? What if you died? 
Is there ventilation at all? I'd imagine there's ventilation. I hope so. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. We'll see. Maybe that'll be open by the time I go to Disney World again. Um, speaking of things that'll be open by the time I go to Disney World again, Rise of the Resistance walkthrough on GMA. I never actually watched the video, but I'm assuming you did. No. You didn't? We watched, we watched parts of it. I mean, they oh. like did, they took like a picture in front of, uh, they didn't really do a walkthrough. They just showed like that same area and just like some new pictures, I guess it was. It didn't, there wasn't oh. anything substantially new. So just kidding. I don't All know. Right. Never mind. We don't have to talk about it then. I thought you watched it because <laughs> I didn't, I totally forgot to. But I know Maybe I did. I can't remember. I, if they, if, if I did, there was nothing new. Oh, okay. Because they always show that that room with all the uh, stormtroopers. Yeah, but I, I remember seeing something about, like I read an article about it that I forgot to link, and it was talking about um, Poe's uh, whatever plane, jet, whatever it's called. X-Wing? X-Wing. <laughs> I was wow. going to say something wing, but I was like, I don't know what letter it is. I'm just going to say plane. <laughs> oh plane jet. Quinjet. I got to tell you. These new Amiibos look really nice. Stop buying Amiibos. Speaking of look Amiibos. It's so detailed. Like, it looks so good. He's showing me a Bulbasaur Amiibo for those at home. It's an Ivysaur. Whatever it is. It's a sore. Of it's some a sore. Sort. A dinosaur. Ugh. Anyway. Um, All right. It's that time. We're moving into the hot tops of the video games. We've got a whole boatload of stuff to unpack here. Literally, I've been scrolling for two seconds now, and there's still content. So it's going to be a long episode, boys. Strap in. All right, strap in. We're going to play the next game here. Oh, my Video God. Video game reviews for the week, courtesy of Metacritic. I don't even know what right. half these games are. Anyways, no, I know nothing new there. All right, we'll start with Concrete Genie. You're familiar with Concrete Genie. I didn't even know it came out already. Yeah, it came out on Tuesday. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know. I was looking forward to it, but I feel like Metacritic's very harsh. I'll say like 75. Oh, 76. That was wow. good. Wow, okay. okay. That was good. Um, okay, so we were, as usual, I'm not ready. Hold on. <laughs> as usual, <laughs> I can't read. Uh, okay, let's see. Let's I'd pull it from. I know IGN gave it an eighty. Can you stop putting trailers in my ears? <laughs> All right. Um, IGN. Where's IGN? Here's IGN. Short and very sweet. Concrete Genie is a spellbinding experiment in player creativity. Fantastic. Glad it's the shortest one. Um, <laughs> is it? So, it's not a VR game, right? But it uses the move controllers. It does. It has VR uh, a mode. Oh, VR okay. mode. All right, next one is Trine for the Nightmare Prince. Um, I don't know. Uh, you've played Trine 1 or 2, I'm sure, haven't I've tried, you? Pl- uh, I've played Trine 1 on, like, Wii U or 2. Perfect. One of them. Um, I don't know. Uh, 70. 80. Wow, okay. Not bad. We're getting close. Okay. Uh, this one comes from IGN, who gave an 85. Trine for the Nightmare Prince, the sequel that plays it very safe, which in this particular case is for the better. Coming back to the traditional style of co-op gameplay and puzzle solving that made the first two games so delightful is exactly the kind of refocusing that the Trine series needed after the misfire of Trine 3. Some lackluster puzzle designs, technical issues, and a lack of difficulty stand in the way of it taking over, overtaking Trine 2 as the best of the series, but Trine 4 still remains a shining example of how cooperative gaming should be and is one of the best, one of the most gorgeous-looking 2.5D games of 2019. That's cute, that's cute. So this is on Switch, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Uh, Concrete Genie, of course, being a PS4 exclusive. Okay. Um, All right. All right. Indivisible. I don't even know anything about this game. At least tell me what platforms it's on. (laughs) It's on PC, Xbox, and PS4. And what, like, genre is it? What is it? (laughs) 
Let me look it up. Indivisible is inspired by classics like Valky- uh, Valkyrie Profile and Metroid and has the unique character, world, and gameplay depth Lab Zero is known for. Meet Ajna, Indivisible protagonist. Uh, Ajna is a headstrong girl raised in a remote village. Her father, the town's guardian, has trained her to be strong in mind and body to prepare her for things to come. Ajna discovers a mysterious power in herself and sets off on a world-spanning journey. Along the way, a number of unique heroes will join her on her quest. This was an RPG? Um, it looks like it is a... I've, I've heard a lot of people talking about this. That's why... Yeah, I've literally never heard of it at all. Um, Hold on, I, ha- I have to watch a 15-second uh, ad. Hold on. Oh, my goodness. Can I just guess my thing? 65. Um, 81. Oh, okay. Anyways. So this is coming to Nintendo Switch. It's just not coming out just yet. It's slightly delayed. So, oh, this looks just like my kind of game. It's like a a a, a 2.5D-ish platformer. And the art art style is very much... You should watch the video. It actually looks pretty cool. The art style is very colorful. Because I was trying to not... Like, I went specifically to images. Because if I know... If I just look it up, it'll show me the Metacritic. And I, it looks interesting. I don't know. Okay. Very cartoony. Ukulele and the Impossible Layer. So I know I know what this game is for once. So this game is a... It's very much like Donkey Kong Country, like the original Donkey Kong Country. Mm-hmm. So it's not like the ukulele, the first game. So now this is more side-scrolling, 2.5D, or I guess 2D. Um, yeah, platforming game. Wasn't so. the first ukulele supposed to be like a spiritual successor to Banjo-Kazooie? Yes. Okay. So now this one is more Donkey Kong. Um, I don't know. Uh, 72. 81. So it's got an 81, and it's been getting a lot of positive praise from a lot of different people. So we will pull... Who are we going to pull? Jouvideo.com, 80. Quotation forthcoming. Quotation forthcoming. We love that. Um... Let me pull... Let me just pull from the IGN review. Okay. While we're doing that, Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Okay, so I my, I know the IGN rating for this, so I know... Okay, so you should be able to guess pretty well then. Yeah, I hope so. Um, 64. 62. Oof, so close. So IGN on Ukulele says, Ukulele and Impossible Layer brings the dynamic duo down to the 2.5D perspective to deliver one of the best platformers we've seen in years. 8.7. Cute, cute, cute. Uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Yeah, Ghost Recon Breakpoint's bad. Um, It's okay. Yeah. Oh, no. Ghostbusters, the video game remastered review on IGN, got a 6. I didn't see that one until just now. That's fine. Last but not least, you're going to be like, I don't know what the hell this is. Killer Queen Black. So I'll read you the summary first. So the summary is is, uh, exclusively on Switch and PC. Yes. Fly solo or team up with three of your friends as you race to compete, complete one of three possible victory conditions. Killer Queen Black, a new take on the arcade eSport Killer Queen, has been rebuilt from the ground up and optimized for console. The gameplay is immediately recognizable and familiar, yet it introduces exciting new twists and online play for the home audience. Killer Queen Black is the follow-up to Killer Queen that fans have been begging for. Mm, I remember seeing trailers for this. Um, I'm trying to look up images to refresh my memory. Killer Queen... Black. Um, okay. I will say 81. 84. Wow. Killer Queen Black is a fun and faithful recreation of the original arcade title. 
While the aspect of simulating ideal 4v4 local multiplayer matches has its technical issues, the transition from the arcade to home console surely doesn't lose any of its competitive addictiveness. That comes from pure Nintendo. Cool. Another game I will never play. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now that that's out of the way, let's jump into some bullshit news. Blizzard (laughs) versus Hong Kong. So I'll I'll give the quick rundown of what I know, uh, not specifically citing any one news outlet. So... Pretty much what happened was uh, Hearthstone Heroes of Warcraft player, Hearthstone, for those of you that don't know, is a card game uh, that Blizzard makes. It is incredibly popular. There was a um, a gentleman by the name of Butz Chung. Um, now, I have I do have the Verge article up uh, written by Nick Stat, and they mention that Ng Butz Chung Wai Chung did, uh, was, was the person, I believe he won... He won his prize money, or he won the tournament, won $500,000, and then went to, they said, oh, well, you got to go interview now. So they interview, I guess, right after he won, and I guess he wore a gas mask to express solidarity with Hong Kong, and um, then I think he said something to the effect of, well, here. Liberate Hong Kong revolution of our age. Correct. stream quickly cuts to a commercial break. Correct. So then uh, they went, and Blizzard actually... Uh, suspended him, took away the prize money, and cut all the ties with him, blah, 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 all this all this shitty stuff. So people are in an uproar, boycotting Blizzard. There was a walkout at Blizzard. There were all these banners and stuff hanging up at Blizzard from the employees. They didn't, they didn't support it. Uh, long story made longer. It has become even more of a mess because now they've apologized and said, you know, our decision had nothing to do with China. And... Um, reduced the suspension to six months and gave them the prize money back but they said it had nothing to do with china but then there's all these people that are going through and saying that the way it's written is almost like with a chinese dialect so i wouldn't go that far i read it and it doesn't seem like that did you read did you read like the analysis like there's this reddit post and they were saying it, it is the most wild shit i've seen in my day um let me look hold on um Okay, hold on. Let me pull this up. So pretty much it was like they use uh, different types of sentences in the beginning and the end. Um, let me see how I can do this. Like maybe it came from Blizzard China kind of thing to make sure that they don't... I don't know. There's a lot of bullshit going on here. Yeah, I mean the the crux of the issue is uh, like they, they are... In the apology, they're very much taking the angle of like in our terms or whatever, like when you agree to be in the part of the tournament, like you're, you're supposed to not say like, you know, not introduce your own political ideologies, whatever, anything into the tournament. Um, and they're like, when, you know, they were doing the post game interview, like they wanted to talk about the actual game, not to talk about other stuff. And that's why they cut the stream or whatever. But I think it's a very aggressive, uh, reaction, like taking all his prize money initially. Um, and obviously, the fact that they backpedal on that realize, or shows that they, you know, realize that they made a mistake that they didn't just go by the book. So, so oh, I shitty. didn't mention that both of the interviewers, the or the the interviewers that were actually conducting the interview, also got fired. Yeah, the shoutcasters, quote unquote. Um, yeah, which that doesn't make sense either because they didn't say anything. No, imagine like going to interview somebody and like having them get you fired. I mean, that's not even realistic. I gotta, I gotta look, and I will find what I was talking about. But I, yeah, I have to, I have to look. Yeah, but. from this Verge article, it says 
Blizzard is still holding them, the shoutcasters, accountable for uh, for Blitzchung's outburst. Um, quote, with regard to the casters, remember that their purpose is to keep the event focused on the tournament. That didn't happen here, and we are setting their, their suspension uh, to six months as well. Which is ridiculous, because he literally said two sentences. Like, how are they supposed to... I don't know. That's not a, that's ridiculous. But yeah, it's the whole situation is very shady. And obviously, if you haven't been keeping up with the Hong Kong protests, we won't go into that too deeply. But it is a very wild dystopian future that they are living in and trying to fight against. Um, so, so I didn't realize. I guess there was, the deal was that Hong Kong was going to become part of China it, in like 2022, 2021, and that timeline was brought in. I and think that's was, why there's protesting going on? So the, I think the original reason was they were trying to have like criminals from Hong Kong be extradited or ex, like go through extradition to China, which means that like you can be tried for whatever, you know, crimes under Chinese law, which is much stricter and Hong Kong is much more like a, I guess less conservative or whatever. Um so a lot of Hong Kong residents were like afraid of being, you know, brought into China. Um, and so that finally, that all was withheld um, or withdrawn. Like that bill is no longer on the table, but now it's more so of uh, like Hong Kong citizens want like complete, you know, democracy and freedom from China because, you know, they're afraid that it'll be absorbed. Um, so it's a whole thing. And I don't know, there's like, like, because China now has these facial recognition cameras and they can like, if you want internet service, you, you have to like register your face and it's like they can like they have cameras now that are like thousands of megapixels that can recognize your face in a crowd on the streets. So like the Hong Kong protesters have these like um, helmets that like project a face onto your face to like disrupt them or they're that's why they wear the masks like they'll do makeup in a certain way. Like there's hairstyles where you like pull your hair into the front and like tie it up so that things can't recognize you like it's a crazy like dystopian. What the hell? Anyways. It's insane. So. I don't want to get too much up. into it, but yeah, yeah, there's a lot happening in Hong Kong that's like pretty much straight out of a Black Mirror episode. Um, so, and May May from Overwatch is now being used as the face of the revolution. So May is on the news networks there, yeah. um, all over flags and stuff like that. So Blizzard is eating their own shit now for doing this. But okay, so I found the the, the tweet that I was referencing. So this tweet comes from SG Bluebell on Twitter. Who says I've been keeping quiet out of fear, but as an English major and Chinese speaker, I feel like I really need to point out point this out since I don't know how many people will know enough to explain. The Blizzard post really seems like it was written by a Chinese in parentheses non-native English speaker. Uh, before I go into this, I want to point out that the tone and language is all over the place. Some are more native English phrasing. Uh, he says "en." I'm assuming that means English. Yeah, phrasings. Others seem like typical Chinese, uh, which makes me think there's some cobbling together here. In Chinese, it's very common to use ellipses and space them out like this. That uh, This just doesn't happen in English. Unusually, this starts in the first person and uses casual contractions, in quotes, what's happening. Contractions don't exist in Chinese, so using them in formal situations is common error. The structuring. In Chinese writing, it's typical to add what an English teacher might call, uh, quote, topic sentences at the beginning and end of paragraphs. This isn't conventional. It sounds very heavy-handed in English. In the same vein, headers containing uh, he he highlights different parts of the apology here. So yeah. I'll spare I'll spare everyone here. It's a long. Um, I didn't notice the ellipsis thing in the beginning. That is awkward. 
Yeah, so in in the same vein, headers containing incomplete clauses or rhetorical questions before paragraphs are common in Chinese, but clunky in English. For an OW example, look at the HZS crystal callout. Also, why are the blizz parts indented? Doesn't it look like it was copy-pasted? Uh, the header, quote, okay, makes it obvious. Makes it obvious. Oh, I, I see what he's saying. Because it says, okay, what could Blizzard have done better, and where do we go from here? Uh, but it's like capital OK. Uh, whoever wrote this, whoever wrote this, and whoever wrote the uh, OK, sorry, this header quote OK makes it obvious that there are two voices here at a minimum. Whoever wrote this and whoever wrote the indented statement, copy and pasting official Blizz statements is even weirder. If there is an official Blizz statement, why are we getting it in this wrapper? Uh, OK. We then get into this long section where the grammatical indicators become apparent using, quote, when we think about it instead of the present participle, quote, thinking or something else because think isn't really the best word here. It's too personal for a statement is another Chinese sign. In Chinese, verbs don't take on different conjugations. Uh, this is almost over. Take on different conjugations. Uh, example given, think is just think. Uh, to indicate time, it looks like when I think, I think back, I once think, not thought. Think, words serving the purpose of ing. Um, because words like thought and thinking just don't exist. So using when we think about, uh, in parentheses, maybe, oh, he put something in Chinese, which is kind of awkward and unfitting in English. Instead of looking back on, considering our, uh, considering our, etc. as red flag. In this, this is really hard to read because he like has phrases all over it that are yeah. pulled from the apology. In the same vein, why with regard to instead of regarding? It's not wrong, just weird. Also, in Chinese, there are no plurals, no dogs or cats, only dog or cat. See, there is a consequence. Instead of the native English phrasing, there are consequences. Um, that's everything that pops out to me immediately. I'll add if I find anything weird. So why is this Why is this statement like this? It's not a vocal recording of J. Allen Brack, who's the head of Blizzard. Here's yeah. what J. J. Allen Brack sounds like. And I actually put a link to that. If it's not him, then who is it? Why... A non-native English speaker. Why didn't PR edit this? What's going on here? So, yeah, it seems very much like it was written from China and they just translated it because obviously Blizzard China has a much uh, more uh, grasp on like what could appease the Chinese government, even though they say in the statement, correct, which has nothing to do with China. Mm. There was something about uh, one of the something said like our uh, and continue to serve our country or something like that. I forget where it was, but I don't know. Anyways, on the flip side, we got a lot of stuff to do. We're already an hour in. Uh, (laughs) This one comes from IGN. Jeff Kaplan, the Overwatch director, says Nintendo can have any character for Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. You can have any single one of them. This one comes from Mitchell Saltzman. Jeff Kaplan, Vice President of Blizzard Entertainment, lead, lead director of Overwatch, is quite emphatic about letting Nintendo and the Super Smash Bros. Ultimate development team use, quote, whatever character from Overwatch they'd like. Um, so, yeah. I bet it would be, if they do one, it'll be Tracer, just because she's, like, the mascot. I would, yeah, I would say that that's an accurate statement. That would be a pain in the ass to fight her, though. She'd be, like, Fox. Or Falco. Like, in terms of moveset, I feel like. Very oh, similar to that. like the B-side to do her little blip? Yeah. Interesting. And, like, be down to, like, rewind or something like that. Oh, going back to before too. Obviously, this is about you know this Blizzard, whatever BlizzCon's in a couple weeks, and then Overwatch for Switch comes out this week. So oh, yeah, talk about a shit show. Anyways, I mean, I'm still playing Overwatch. 
Oh, I'm I'm going but. to too. But people going to BlizzCon now, like people are setting oh, up these like to wear yeah. different shirts, and it is going to be a disaster. It's so. going to be a whole thing. Yeah. May the odds be ever in your favor. Let's move into more exciting news. PS5, yeah. a whole download on the PS5 has been released by PlayStation Blog. This is about to be like PlayStation Power Hour. Get ready. Yeah. So, uh, an update on next-gen. PlayStation 5 launches holiday 2020, just as we suspected, featuring a new controller with haptic technology and adaptive triggers. Um, Actually, this is short enough that we can read the whole thing. Since we originally unveiled our next-generation console in April, we know that there's been a lot of excitement and interest in hearing more about the future of games we will bring. Um... Today, I'm proud to share that our next-generation console will be called the PlayStation 5. Big surprise there. We'll be launching in time for holiday 2020. These updates may not be a huge surprise, but we want to confirm them for our PlayStation fans. As we start to reveal additional details about our vision for the next generation, uh, Wired Magazine covered these, these updates and more in a story that posted this morning. The more refers to something I'm quite excited about, a preview of the new controller that will ship with PlayStation 5. One of our goals with Next Generation is to deepen the feeling of immersion when you play games, and we had the opportunity with our new controller to reimagine how the sense of touch can add to that immersion. To, to that end, there are two key innovations with PlayStation 5's new controller. First, we're adopting haptic feedback to replace the rumble technology found in controllers since the fifth generation of consoles. With haptics, you truly feel a broader range of feedback, so crashing into a wall in a race car feels much different than making a tackle on the football field. You can even get a sense, of, a sense for variety a variety of textures when running through fields of grass or plodding through mud. The second innovation is something we call adaptive triggers, which have been incorporated into the trigger buttons, L2 and R2. Developers can program the resistance of the triggers so that you feel a, the tactile sensation of drawing a bow, an arrow, or accelerating an off-road vehicle through rocky terrain. In combination with the haptics, this can produce a powerful experience that better simulates various actions. Game creators have started to receive early versions of the new controller, and we can't wait to see where their imagination goes with these new features at their disposal. While there's so much more to share about PlayStation 5 in the year ahead, we have plenty of blockbuster experiences coming your way. Blah, 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 on PlayStation 4, including Death Stranding, Last of Us 2, Ghost of Tsushima. I'd like to thank all PlayStation fans for continuing the journey with us as we embark on the future of games. Those trigger buttons sound really cool, to be totally yes, honest. Yes, they do. Like, that sounds... Because I know Xbox One's triggers are like have their own haptic feedback in them, which is cool. But yeah, but like actually, Rumble, yeah. Yeah, but actually having like resistance on the trigger when you're like shooting different guns or I don't know when you're like swinging on Spider-Man, maybe it like the trigger gets a little bit harder. You have to press down harder at the bottom of the swing or something like that. Like that could be really, really cool. This is going to be great. So I am really excited for PlayStation 5. But more importantly, what's going to come with it? Ahmed PSVR. Turn the crank. (laughs) Pull the lever crank. Um. Obviously, we know that the existing PSVR will be compatible with PS5. Sony has already confirmed that. But uh, a new patent points to a next-generation PSVR that will likely launch alongside PS5. So this one comes from Eurogamer.net. And I quote, Sony's patent for a new PlayStation VR headset depicts several new features which may turn up in a new uh, next-gen version of the device. The filing, dug up by Let's Go Digital, the same site which unearthed Sony's patent for the PlayStation 5 dev kit, originates from February 2019, but has only been made public this week. Um, Images show plans for a PSVR headset, which includes two front and one rear camera. Um, A further further camera is included on a PlayStation Move-style controller. Uh, These headset cameras are in addition to the LEDs installed around the current unit. Uh, a microphone will be again included, and there's the option for a further separate camera to track users' move- movements like the PlayStation camera. Uh, more excitingly, perhaps, is the mention of the headset. Uh, yeah, the mention that the headset could be operated wirelessly with data sent and received by Bluetooth. 
This would mean that the, use, uh, the unit also includes its own power supply. Um, one final point is the ability for the headset to show a transparent view made possible by those front-facing cameras so you can see your surroundings through the screen. Um, images from both of those cameras can be displayed at the same time or uh, one per eye, producing a stereostop stereoscopic 3D effect. Alternatively, they could be used to overlay AR effects in your real-world surroundings. Uh, so it sounds a lot like the Oculus Go, right? Yes, yeah, uh, no, Oculus Quest. Quest, yeah, whatever one is like completely wireless and has its own cameras built in. Um, so it sounds a lot like that in terms of you know having the camera so that maybe you don't necessarily need a PlayStation camera. Um, maybe you don't always necessarily have to be sitting directly in front of your TV. Um, like with Tetris Effect, I feel like there's no reason that you have to be sitting directly in front of the PlayStation camera, but I don't know, sure. Um, so it could be a little bit more mobile and more interesting. So very exciting stuff. Yeah, so this is this is the cool part now. So it's where VR starts to really take off. So Oculus Quest is very popular because you can literally put it in a box and or put it in a bag and bring it with you anywhere and just do your own thing. You have your controllers, you have your headset, and you can just play games. Yeah. There's no camera, nothing. So this is cool. Obviously, PS5 is going to be a home console. Uh, PSVR is going to, or PSVR 2, if, if we'll call it that, will be tethered to that, which is fine. Um, but it's very exciting. I'm glad they're doing more of like a room scale because there's nothing worse than ducking down too low while you're playing. It's like, oh, you're outside the space. And I'm like, shut up. No, yeah. not. But yeah. So, and the current PSVR will still work with the PS5, which has been confirmed by Sony before. Yeah. I don't use my PSVR enough personally to warrant probably getting the new one for a while, but we'll see. I get it on a sale. I got this one on a sale. I got that one on a sale. Exactly. Unless there's some like major killer app, but yes. So I guess wrapping up our PlayStation uh, Power Hour almost. Um, so there was a state of play on September 24th, as we discussed in our last episode. Um, so they look or they have a bunch of um, or they had a bunch of games that they talked about. Uh, the first one is called Humanity, and I don't remember what the developer was from or what it was, but it was. <laughs> literally just looked like a crowd of people kind of looked like the crowds at comic-con they're all just like rolling around and it's a like mess. a puzzle-ish game and you have to like organize the crowd in some sort i don't know it looked very random there's a lot of random there's a <laughs> there's a, a lot of weird games shown at this yeah uh watam or watam watam i think well, was it was just watam wasn't it i think the lady said watam oh there I you remember. go uh, from the creators of Katamari Damacy. looked very interesting. The game looks um, strange. Strange is a better word. Um, Arise was like a kind of epic-looking fantasy game. It was like a painting with this like burly Viking, but it's like cartoonish kind of looking art style. So I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. That, I don't know. Um, but then they also talked about Call of Duty Modern Warfare. We already know all about that. That's fine. Um, LA Noir is getting a VR game called The VR Case Files. Um, That's out a now. VR Oh, it is on now. Uh, there's a VR montage with all these games that I have literally no idea what any of them are, but I just listed them here. Gorn, Aspire 1, Stardust, Odyssey, After the Fall, and Space Channel 5. Space Channel Space 5. Channel 1 through 4. <laughs> Space Channel 5 is another weird one. It's like very Japanese. Yeah, I don't know. Sure. So, uh, then they talked about uh, the Medieval reboot, or remaster, whatever it's called. Um, Civ 6. Death Stranding PS4 Pro with a disgusting pea yellow colored baby controller. Um, so I was reading something that said that in Death Stranding, like the baby is going to make noises from the controller speaker. I don't like that one bit. <laughs> I don't like that at all. That's a hard no from me. Mm. Death Stranding is going to be the weirdest game of this year, if not of the decade. 
Um, and then they talked about this game called After Party, where you have to like out drink Satan in hell to like escape hell. I don't know. You have to like party with Satan. It looks very interesting. I Anyways, was, this all happened sure. for the most important thing. The Last of Us Two is officially coming February twenty first, twenty twenty. Um, they showed us a little bit more of a gameplay trailer, not to spoil anything. Um, I just actually won't say anything because I don't want to spoil. But something happens so in the trailer good. that's very shocking, and I'm like, oh, I didn't expect that to happen yeah. in a trailer, but sure. And then they announced 18 different versions of the game. It's fine. I just have the regular, like, Steelbook edition pre-ordered. That's yeah, there's, like, for special me. edition, cluster edition, Ellie edition, standard edition. The Ellie edition sold out much faster than I imagined because it comes with a I got backpack. one pre-order in just because I was like, let me just pre-order this just in case. And it's sold out everywhere now. Yeah, it's crazy. The collector's edition has a bunch of like patches and stickers and like a bracelet. And then the there's like the regular Steelbook edition. The collector's edition sold out too. I was like, yeah. okay. I was so. thinking of getting collector's edition, but it's like $150. I'm like, I'm not paying you might double the, the price edition. of the game just to get a bracelet. Like, keep you might as well get the Ellie edition. Yeah, honestly. Anyways, wrapping up. Oh no, two more. Two more. Almost. Oh yeah, there's up. two more. Oh my god, there's so much PlayStation news. What are they, Nintendo or something? Well, um, and they were advertising this at Comic Con too. They were. So PlayStation Now subscriptions uh, now start at nine ninety nine monthly, which is down from how much was it before? Nineteen twenty dollars. Yeah. So literally halved the price. Um, which is cool. So PlayStation Now is obviously the console streaming service where you don't have to actually download the game. You can play it. If you have like a Sony TV, you can have the PlayStation Now app and stream games. Um, I've never actually tried it, but it seems interesting. One day I I'll play I it. I tried this a long time ago. I'm going to try it again soon. Yeah, I don't think I ever used my like free trial, but now that it's only 10 bucks a month, I can see myself using it to like play games that I don't necessarily want to invest in, like the older infamous games that were on yeah. PS3 that I never got to play. Um, oh, if those are on there and you can stream them, you should absolutely play them. They're so good. They are on there because I own Second Son for PS4 and I never played it because I never played the first ones. Oh, you should absolutely play it. They're really good. So, yeah. I'll do that one day. Um, now that you say that, they, maybe I'll try it out and try those games specifically. They're so much fun. Yeah. And then they have, apparently, so they, they've added games that like will only be available for three months, which is Which I think is stupid. Yeah. I don't know yeah. about that. Know, it's silly. It's God of War, Grand Theft Auto V, Infamous Second Son, and Uncharted 4. Um, they'll only be available from October 1st to January 2nd, 2020. Um, apparently, each month the service will add a new selection of marquee games that will be available for a limited period. The marquee content is on top of the existing offering of popular evergreen titles that are added to PS Now on a regular basis. So, sure, I guess this is like the idea is to keep people subscribed because there's always going to be like a marquee of new games. And if you play games a lot and beat them a lot, then you'll. Um, you know, be able to beat them in that three month period and then get some new games. But I don't, I don't know. know. At the same around, time, around the holidays, though, much. it's it's good because for people that are like out of school and stuff for the holidays, I can understand this being appeasing. Yeah. If I'm ever in a in need for new games, I'll I'll consider this. But yeah, I might try. Not. I'm curious to see how they how like a trial runs, but we'll see. Yeah. And then obviously, uh, PlayStation, um, whatever it's called, streaming. What is it called? The app for Android has now been released. And oh, you can remote, stream yeah, remote play. Yeah, remote yeah. play, that's what it is. Yeah, has now been officially released for Android as well. So uh, you can connect a PS4 controller to your Android phone uh, or iPhone and play yep. or stream your PS4 games. I remember trying this like three years ago and it wasn't good. Like it was You tried it on PC is what you tried it on. I did try it on PC and there was a very significant input lag. So I don't know if that's been since addressed or fixed, but yeah, we'll one day I'll try it. it. 
All right, moving down the list. We only got a couple more to go here. So Mr. Sean Layden has departed from Sony. This one comes from The Hollywood Reporter. Uh, so Sony Interactive Entertainment Chairman Sean Layden has departed the company. PlayStation confirmed Monday in a tweet. I love that we get all of our news from tweets now. <laughs> um, it is a great emotion that we announced that Worldwide Studios Chairman Sean Layden will be departing SIE. The company said his visionary leadership will be greatly missed. We wish him success in future endeavors and are deeply grateful for his years of service. Thank you for everything, Sean. So I don't want to get too deep into this, but there's a lot of rumor that he did not want to leave and that he was forced to leave um, and that there's some kind of restructuring going on. And then they announced PS5 details. And I think there was like layoffs at PlayStation Europe. Mm. So I don't know. There's this whole stupid nonsense. So moving on, Sean Layden, I liked him. And then Mikey Barra also left um, uh, Microsoft, but that was on his own terms, I believe. So two big losses to two great companies. Moving on. Um, Untitled Goose Game, we thought it was coming to PS4, and then it's confirmed to be fake news, so we won't even cover that. Um, Mario Kart Tour. Two big mobile games. Did you you try this? I have not. Have you? No. I I downloaded it, actually. (laughs) Great. Um, Well, good news is it's probably not even worth it. Uh, I was reading this article earlier, and it was like, Nintendo mobile games are not living up to Satoru Iwata's legacy, and I'm like, damn. That's a scathing review. That really um, is. But apparently, so IGN uh, reviewed Mario Kart Tour, and this is a little like verdict, a blurb at the end. They say, the actual gameplay and racing of Mario Kart Tour is well done. Uh, controlling the kart feels good. The cor- uh, courses and characters look and sound great. And playing the simplified one-handed Mario can be a lot of fun. But the road to a mobile version of Mario Kart is a bumpy one. On top of multiplayer not currently being available at all, uh, Nintendo continues to struggle with how to comfort comfortably monetize a mobile game without hamstringing its gameplay. Tour's prices are prohibitively high, and not getting top honors on a race despite winning first place just because you don't have the right racer or cart feels unfair. Um, this has been apparent in all of their mobile games, besides uh, Mario Run. Mario Run was like the only one where you just paid one price and it wasn't like pay to win. Um, everything else has been very much like, oh well, if you want to play, you have to pay $10 to buy these coins that translate to stars that translate to moons and blah blah, blah and translate to moons i don't know they always do some nonsense with like 16 different currencies and you can never keep track so yeah it's a mess and it's unfortunate that's fine it is unfortunate but that's fine they just uh they won't get any of my time so that's fine yeah i got good news mario kart 8 is portable on switch so yep and even smaller on the switch Lite. mm-hmm <laughs> um all right this one i don't know too much about it but we can go through this uh cod mobile smashes launch record with over 100 million downloads in the first week it's funny and- mario kart tour just before set a record and then cod mobile the week after was like just kidding we're smashing the record anyways it's insane um this one comes from android central from Stephen warwick the game also earned 17.7 million dollars in its first week uh, the game, developed by Timmy Studio in partnership with COD Heavyweight Activision, has passed the record set only last week, by, as, as Med mentioned, by yeah. Mario Kart Tour to become the fastest launching mobile game ever. According to Sensor Tower's estimates, the game has been downloaded 56.9 million times on iOS, making it more pop- the more popular platform with 55.7% of total downloads. Android accounts for the remaining 45.3 million downloads of 44.3% share. Even though the game is free to download on both platforms, it still managed to generate $17.7 million in revenue, 53% of which came from iOS users, the remaining 40, 47% being on Android. PUBG and Fortnite on mobile first week downloads were $28 million and 
million. So to say that there's a hundred million, that's a huge record. Yes. To now beat. Didn't you try this? No, Logan did. Oh, I thought you said you tried it. He said it was really um, good. No, I'll download it. Yeah, I'll consider downloading it. But is it's like very standard like FPS touchscreen controls, which are always a little bit weird. But apparently, um, I was reading a thing. Someone was like, "Oh, why is COD Mobile so easy? Why am I winning?" And apparently, in the first few levels, when you're first starting out, there's a lot of bots that you're playing with, and it's meant to kind of give you like a confidence boost. And you're like, "Oh, I'm actually pretty good at this." And then, like, Anyways, as you level up, they gradually take away the bots, and you're playing against more real world people. And so it like, I don't know. So it seems easy at first. So you're not like frustrated, which is actually a pretty clever, clever idea. That is a clever idea. Yeah. Yeah. Because I can imagine like playing an FPS with touchscreen controls is not the best. I remember trying it like years ago and being like, "Mm, this sucks. Anyways, um, speaking of things that might actually not suck, Ring Fit Adventure seems like it might be good. So we talked about this before. um, And this isn't obviously a review because it has not out yet, but... um, Jonathan Dornbush from IGN actually went to Nintendo's offices and tried it out. Um, and I don't know, he was like, I worked up a sweat. It could be interesting. Um, but it's basically, it's a very on rails game. And like, you're staying there and you're running. And then when you run into an enemy, it's like an RPG type battle where, um, you know, you have to do specific exercises that correlate to different colors. And like, if it's the same color as an enemy, it's going to be super effective and blah, blah, blah. Um, so it looks like it could be an actually fun experience. There was like a whole video on it on IGN, um, so I won't go in too much deeper into that. But I don't know. I don't know if I would actually buy this, but it does seem like it could be the new, the new Wii Fit. Yeah, I'm good. Who knows? I am good. And now on Ahmed was right. Red Dead Redemption <laughs> Two launches on PC on November fifth. What I say? And- I remember saying this like. <laughs> months ago i think it was like march i was like it's coming to pc that's fine um, it, it took mad long to come to pc so that's fine it counts it's fine i think think about all the hours you've put into the game already i haven't <laughs> i actually no i've put like 10 15 hours and i own the steelbook on xbox yeah i don't i don't think we need to go into this too much if you pre-purchase via the rockstar launcher you get um two free classic titles which includes like grand theft auto 3 and max Payne 3 Remember Max Payne? Oh my god, I love those games as a kid. Anyways, um, yeah, this is the first Red Dead Redemption series or game to be um, on PC, and it has obviously graphical and technical enhancements and a few new missions. There's new bounty hunting missions, gang hideouts, weapons, and more. So, if you don't own it already and you have a gaming PC lying around, now's your chance. Yeah, I agree. So good, good for uh, good for Fortnite. Good for Fortnite. <laughs> good for Red Dead Redemption. I meant Fortnite is next, but Wake yes, up. good for Red Dead Redemption. I'm asleep. Yes. It's all good. Take us home. All right. Fortnite Chapter 2 is apparently coming down the tubes. This one comes from Forbes. Um, and apparently Fortnite Chapter 2 is leaked. So next season up is Season 11, which starts on, I think, Sunday or Monday. Uh, so apparently it's not going to be called Season 11. It's just going to be called Chapter 2. Interesting. And it's going to be a total brand new start with a new map. And a bunch of stuff. So uh, the Italian app store accidentally loaded, I think, uh, this image that they show that literally says Fortnite Capitolo 2. And it has the characters that you know and love, apparently, that I have no idea who these people are. <laughs> I don't um, think anyone does. With these new suits or new costumes. So a couple things that can be taken away from these pictures. Uh, there's new default skins. Uh, apparently there's boats if you look closely enough and it looks like there's substantially more water which if there's boats 
And that makes sense because they're going to be promoting the boats and they want people to use them. So this is pretty cool. Um, I don't know. I, mean, I, I was expecting like an entirely new thing, but I, well, I guess chapter two because the map is changing. Like the map is really never... It's changed, I guess, but it's been like just the map a is bit. yeah. The map has just gotten like new areas or places have been destroyed, but nothing yeah. is like it's like a whole new map. I guess does warrant a new chapter. Yeah, so we will see what happens. And there's actually a countdown clock, I believe, leading up to sometime tomorrow. Let me double check here. And there's all these challenges that are like the end. So hmm. I might boot this up and take a look. Interesting. So I wonder, yeah. like, you just you can't play on the old map at all anymore. I don't know. That's the thing. So it'd be cool if you could choose where you want to go. But yeah, uh, here we go. I'm sure they're not at a, there's no lack of players that would like having two maps would make wait times longer or anything like it's. I'm yeah, sure so people the, the Fortnite live event starts at 2 p.m. tomorrow. Interesting. Um, which, you know, they just have stuff happen like the end of season nine. They saw a giant mech and a polar peak monster fight. So we will see. So we'll see what happens. But apparently, uh, like I said, that was Apple, the App Store that leaked that. So, swink, Scoob. All right. I think that is it for our grand return yes. to regularly scheduled podcasts. Yes. We'll be back at our regular times now that things are starting to cool down. Comic Con is over. Birthdays are over. Now it's just what the fun cast time. Yep. It's just what the fun cast and spooks. Oh, you and your spooks. <laughs> I love a spook. All right, all right. That is it for episode 61 of What the Fun Cast. Thank you all for joining us. I'm going to go have a slice of pumpkin pie or something. <laughs> have some apple cider. <laughs> I do have apple cider. Ooh, what if I warmed it up? Oh, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> while Med goes and spooks himself, we'll catch you all next week. Have fun. Stay out of trouble. Happy October. Falls here. All right, this is episode 61, or uh, this is what the fun cast, <laughs> signing off. Peace! <laughs>